0: Thank you for tuning in to the Starkey Multifamily Podcast. I have with me Terry Judge. Uh, Terry does has his own company where he does cost segregation. So Terry, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Reed. Thanks for having me.
0: Terry, let's uh, let's start out. How did you get into cost seg?
1: Man, it's a loaded question. So my. Uh, <laughs> An entrepreneur, as we were just sharing, at a young age. So, I was, I was, you know, had some businesses early on and was in the energy business. Was in, um, and then that kind of led to got introduced to cost segregation really by accident. I just thought it was so intriguing. I, I had a you know, I was a B2B consultant doing some advisory services in the green building space and sustainability. Um, but my background was engineering and um, not a CPA by training. Um, but stumbled across these rulings that it just intrigued me. I don't know why I was drawn to it, but I ended up one night staying up late, printing everything out, reading everything I could about this particular subject that we're going to talk about. And I was just blown away by um, that the IRS actually has a program for real estate investors where they can create all this additional cash flow and defer taxable income. So I immediately called my CPA the next morning, I'm like, so what do you know about cost segregation? And he's like, well, funny that you ask, you know, a couple months ago, I was at a seminar in Ohio and some guy was on stage talking about this very topic. I said, well, do you do it? And he said, no. And I said, why? He says, well, there's there's things, you know, that, there, that there's components of a cost segregation study that CPAs just don't do, you know, they just don't do it. And the more I dug, I kind of realized why. And so I saw a, you know, just a massive hole, not in the, not only in the investment side of the, you know, real estate investors, but also on the accounting side, this was being missed and the IRS was not promoting this. So a lot of people didn't know that this even existed. Um, And I just, you know, kind of, I just, I don't know, I ended up just starting a cost segregation company and uh, ended up partnering with somebody from the old Arthur Anderson days, Um, that was, you know, more of the accounting side and we partnered up and I ended up just, you know, really becoming an expert in it fairly quickly. (laughs) It seemed like I knew a little bit more than the next guy just because I jumped in and and what I found was a lot of people uh, were not utilizing this. A lot of people never heard of this. And it was just this great strategy that was being missed on almost every real estate transaction that was happening around the country. And so therefore Fast forward, um, 14 years, Reed, I'm going on. January 1st, Will be, I'll be doing this for 14 years, doing cost segregation studies nationally. So we've been in every single project you can pretty much imagine, every situation, every accounting question, uh, working with such awesome clients and entrepreneurs and investors uh, around you know, around the country. So now we've worked with, literally, we've, we worked with thousands of, you know, we've done thousands of transactions. We've worked with, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of accounting firms and CPA firms um, doing this, helping their clients maximize uh, this, I don't want to call it mysterious tax strategy because it's really become widely used now, thank God. Um, but it's still misunderstood and underutilized uh, at, a, at a big, at a, you know, on a big, on a big scale so i'm trying to fill that void and i spent a lot of my time educating um so thank you for having me on this podcast
0: well let's um so let's let's talk about what is uh, what is cost seg
1: sure sure so cost segregation i guess in the simplest and layman's terms it is a it is the way to Uh, accelerate a building much more rapidly than the normal accounting methods. So in the United States, you have something called the straight line method. And that's where most accounting firms will depreciate a real estate, a, a building, let's just call it any type of building, call it multifamily. And then that building, that multifamily apartment building will depreciate over 27 and a half years well cost segregation is the is a way where you can we can break down or break apart the building in certain components such as mechanical wiring plumbing um land landscape improvements there's all these different components that now qualify for a much shorter life in some cases a five-year life okay like carpet and fixtures and certain uh drop ceilings, raise floors, it goes on and on and on. There's hundreds of components that are qualified now. So instead of writing a building off over 27 and a half years, you now can choose to write your building off over a much shorter life, which would be, let's say, five years for all the interior of the building. And the exterior, which would be land improvements, uh, depreciate now over 15 years. So it's a time value of money, proposition. So why would you let the IRS hold on to your money for 27 and a half years? And then on office and commercial, that's 39 years where you can get the money in the first five years. And so it creates that time value of money. Take, take the dollar today. It's worth more than the dollar down the road. That is the whole concept. In other words, if you, if you, if you hit the lottery tomorrow for a million dollars, would you want to be paid out over 39 years? or 27 and a half years for multifamily, or would you want to be paid out over five? I mean, you might be dead. <laughs> you, <Okay. laughs> who knows what's going to be happening in 27 and a half years. So obviously the answer is you want to take that money in today's dollar. So we go into a building and we can allocate or reallocate all of these components inside the building and we can depreciate those assets over a five year period. Okay. Um, and therefore, you get this front-loaded depreciation. So all this depreciation that you would had to wait for, you can now get your, you now can use it and utilize it in the early life of that building. Therefore, uh, mitigating or deferring income tax in some cases for years. You know, so people are still paying thirty-five percent at the highest tax bracket, where we can mitigate that down to zero in some cases. So it's it's huge when we're talking about. You know, b- people that are building buildings, buying buildings for million, two million, three million, four million dollars. The their um, their you know their their now their initial cash benefit in that they can take immediately is huge, and it just generates more cash flow right out of the gate.
0: Yeah. So I think just to clarify um, for for maybe some of the newer listeners who yeah. are less familiar. So you're you're um, taking your depreciation and front loading it what is that depreciation and why do people want that?
1: So as, the in, as you buy a building, say so you and I buy a building, a multifamily property, let's say, and that building is cash flowing, right? So you buy that building because it's cash flowing and you're paying ordinary income on that cash, right? So what a cost segregation study does is that you can use that depreciation to offset your ordinary income. today's dollars therefore you're, you're basically you're you're creating additional cash flow that you're going to keep in your pocket so instead of paying uncle sam the tax bill you don't you no longer have to pay that tax bill because you're using depreciation which is the eighth wonder of the world to offset your income for years to come it depends on how much depreciation we carve out depends on everything is tied to you know the cost of the building and, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, we uh, here at CORE, we, you know, we run a, a benefit analysis where we can actually show, you know, your listeners, or we can, you know, we show our clients, we show prospective clients um, exactly based on their building and how much money they pay for their building, what their first year and second year and third year cash benefit is going to look like. And as we carve out all this new depreciation, it, that actually has a 20-year carry forward, by the way. So people are like, what? So you, you never lose it at all. It just carries forward based on your income and based on your investor's situation. Because every if, you're, if you have multiple investors in the deal, you're syndicating, each of those owners or investors of the building are now going to be able to take advantage of this new depreciation on their K-1s. So everybody gets increased, basically, income based on that depreciation. So it's very, very powerful. And what we see as a company, it's usually an afterthought. Um, when we try to spend a lot of time, read really just getting uh, people ed- you know, educated that this should be a very proactive, cost segregation should be proactive and it should be a part of every transaction that's happening around the country. This should be in front you know, in using this to build your ROI for the investors because of this depreciation mechanism that you're taking, again, you're taking you're taking the money in today's dollars and a dollar today is worth more than a dollar down the road. So that really is the concept behind accelerated depreciation. Now, I will say that for the listeners and for a little education purposes, this is nothing new. This has been in the tax code since the late 60s. I mean, it was called component depreciation back in the day and then it went away in the tax reform in 86 so it just went away because it was being abused there wasn't a lot of rules around it and then it came back in the mid 90s and nobody knew about it nobody knew i mean the big companies the big boys the you know fortune 500 companies obviously the the big four the big eight accounting firms were were all over this real estate tax attorneys were all over this and um, but the main middle middle america and and you know Guys like us that are buying apartment buildings, we never knew about it. We never knew it existed. So now, it's over time. It's become you know, people are starting to catch on to this. They're starting to use utilize this, which is great uh, all around uh, the country. So hopefully, I cleared that up. But happy to take any uh, you know, maybe break it down a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I got uh, I got a lot of questions to go with this. So, um, so I think uh, yeah. another misconception maybe from outsiders, uh, you know, is. Or maybe people just don't care, but on why does the government allow you to depreciate the value of a building, which clearly is not going down in value, or they're saying maybe they're saying it is? So what is the reason the government would provide that program? Um, you know, and, and what? Uh, so let's start there. So why why do you think the government allows that?
1: You know, it's 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 one of those things that not only do they allow it, they just keep improving upon it. It's just one area in the tax code. That just keeps getting better. I've been doing this for almost fourteen years now, and about every two to three years, there's always there's a new caveat that gets put into this type of service called cost segregation. It just keeps getting better. I mean, so they allow it. It's it's part of you know that's why real estate is the most attractive investment that one can do. You know that's why you and I. I mean, I love what you're doing and 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 you know you're building your business and in the community that we belong to, it's just so awesome. Everyone's, you know, real, really realizing that, you know, this long term, this retirement program that these 401ks aren't really the best route or the stock market might, might, not, might not be the best route. So real estate is really the only mechanism that allows you to not only leverage money from, the, from debt, you know, and syndication, but it also allows you to take advantage of the tax code and defer income. In some cases, if you plan this right through 1031 exchanges and through other planning, um, even when you sell the building, you know, you're, you can still kick the taxes down the road and therefore build your empire so much faster because you're just leveraging, leveraging, leveraging the tax code and it's legal. I mean, you know, we've done thousands of studies, we've saved our clients. Now I'm boasting a little bit, um, but over $1 billion. Okay. And we've had zero disallowances from the IRS. So when people, one of the questions I get is like, oh, is this aggressive? Is this gonna cause an audit? And the the answer is no, this is not aggressive. There's two pathways in the tax code. As I mentioned earlier, there's the straight line method, which is the normal accounting method, which every CPA takes depreciation on a building. You get to depreciate, you know, you get your write offs, but they're slow and they're, and then you get to take the, or you can elect to take the fast way, which we call under the maker's system. I'm not going to get into that, but it, it, it's where cost segregation lives, and that is the accelerated method. And it's it's, it's you know it's your call. Some people say, ah, well, no, I'm going to depreciate the old method way or the old school way. I'm fine with that. I don't want to accelerate. That's fine. People sometimes sometimes there's situations where you don't need extra depreciation. Okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll touch on that here at the end. Um, and then other times, for the most part, especially if you're buying a building now the very best time to do a cost segregation study is once the building goes into service. And we can we can make sure that all of the components in the building are going to dep- depreciate uh, rapidly so you can maximize your cash flow benefits from a cost seg study. So that is um, huge in terms of, so why do they do it? I don't know, it's one of those things that's just in the tax code. And, you know, and I spend most of my day really just kind of sharing with why it works, why it's legal, how to take advantage of it. And we take, you know, every property that people, they'd say, okay, let me explore this a little bit. I have a building. I own a building. I paid $2.5 million. You know, I, I bought it five years ago. Could this work for me? Well, the IRS has a caveat in the tax code where we can go back in time, we can recalculate the missed depreciation. the IRS allows a one-time catch-up in the current tax year, it's an automatic consent, meaning that they don't contest it, and we do not have to amend returns. So our, the investors and our clients love that, because it's never a good idea to amend tax returns, in my opinion. Your, people don't like to do that uh, for various reasons, and therefore we can go back in time. Actually, legally, the IRS lets us go back to 1987 in the code to pick up depreciation. Now we don't go back that far anymore because that asset's been completely depreciated, but we will go back five and 10, in some cases even 15 years, and recalculate misdepreciation. So that's huge for, there's, we call that the hidden treasures program because <laughs> there's money trapped in these buildings that a lot of people never knew existed, and they never knew we could go back in time and pick up and do this uh, automatic consent, uh, which is called a 481 adjustment on the technical side of things, which we prepare as a firm and we hand that off. Then we, we put together a, a you know, 100 page or more engineering report that breaks down every component inside the building, right down to the electrical outlets where those assets can be now compressed and, and written off over a much shorter life. And again, every time we do that, that creates upfront depreciation, which equals offsetting your taxable income, which then equals additional cash flow to the bottom line. So, so there must,
0: when you talk about going back, there's gotta be a time frame where it starts to cancel out because the the overall does. depreciation is identically the same, correct?
1: So it is. You're either taking it now or you're taking it later.
0: So there's a there's gotta be a point where front loading it doesn't matter because you're already so close to the end that
1: it just depends now, know, again, like we, it it's all depends on the, the basis of the building, what's been taken in the building. Remember, a lot of those assets have been depreciating over the long-term 39 years. Some of those assets in those buildings have been removed through tenant improvements. And guess what? Are still de- are still on the books depreciating. So when we see that, we can clean up the depreciation. There's there's other little caveats in the tax code under the tangible property regs, and I'm not going to get it too technical today on the podcast. Um, however, there's other opportunities when we go back in time to clean up the depreciation schedules and do that look back study. But it it, it we 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 have a software system where we dump in the the information of the building. But usually it's 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 the, the purchase price or construction cost, uh, the date of service, the asset class. So what kind of building is it? We usually ask for square footage, you know that kind of thing. How big is the acreage? And that's it. We put it into our system, and our software has all of the industry updates, all the IRS you know tax codes, and it'll actually spit out what the um, the immediate tax whether it, whether we're going back or if we're going we're starting to go forward it'll actually a, a, a pinpoint the immediate, you know, tax savings in net present value to do it or not to do it. It's a 12 page report, CPAs love it. And um, we, we do that due diligence up front, And so we know exactly, so the client knows exactly how this can impact them, whether to do it or not to do it and how much depreciation do they need or do they want? And, when, and then we go forward. So it doesn't fit every situation, for instance, if you're going to sell the building under three years, I would recommend not to do a cost segregation study because of the recapture rules. You're not, you don't have enough time to take advantage of the time value of money, and therefore we would not recommend. So if you're going to hold the property from three to five years or longer, and it's a cash flow play, and the building is making money, it's profitable, then it's, it, it doesn't make business sense not to do a cost segregation study. Now you're just leaving money on the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if the building is not profitable or let's say it's just now ramping up or it's still going through improvements, maybe there's no date of occupancy yet. It's still going through construction. Maybe it's being a, it's a big rent. There's no tenants in it yet. Um, or you're going to flip it. Okay. Then those two scenarios, it's not making money. It's going to be flipped in the short term. Then those two scenarios, I would, I suggest not to do a cost-tax start. Other than that, most of the time, as long as the building, um, in my, it, what we look at here at, at core, as long as the building is 600,000 and above, it makes sense in far as cost or, or purchase price or construction cost. about 600 grand is what we look for and above, um, to do a cost six study. People always ask me what's too small. What's, you know, nothing's too big, but, um, you know, but that's on the small side economically for our fee for for my engineers to go into the building, usually it's about six hundred thousand and above it makes total sense. We like a million you know we like eight hundred to a million but but because and I'll touch on some of the new tax rulings that just kicked it up another notch. um we can go down to in some cases even five hundred thousand dollars I mean especially if there's you know maybe there's a couple buildings that they own that they paid you know four hundred thousand or. Five hundred thousand dollars and there's a couple of buildings that makes total sense for us to get in there and, and carve out that depreciation and do a cost segregation study.
0: So could somebody do this? Uh, let's say they have uh, you know a handful of six units. Um, maybe the price would be more important. So you know here in Michigan that might you know be uh, take a handful of six units to get to a million dollars. Could you do it on several properties and make that beneficial for your fee?
1: Yes. Yeah, we can we can bundle it all under as one project, and um, and and price that out to where it makes economical sense. Right. We do that all the time.
0: Now, is yeah. there a size limit? So, I mean, I imagine if you had a, you know, six hundred single family homes, that probably would not
1: work, or would it even legally actually, work Actually, on- actually, we you know we're doing more. <laughs> believe it or not, we're we're doing more residential investment properties because under the tax code, cost segregation. Works for commercial industrial manufacturing medical you know golf courses, all of those asset classes, but even residential qualifies for uh, residential investment property so uh, we just did one that the guy had thirteen residential homes, and we just cost segged it out and we literally got this guy net in his pocket two hundred and twenty thousand dollars really? two hundred and twenty thousand dollars so anybody that has anybody listening if you own a lot of residential homes. No one residential home does not make sense. Right. Two or three might not make sense, but for some of the bigger operators out there, you know, they've got ten and up, um, and let's say a hundred. When we were, we're quoting one now, the guy's got uh, three hundred, you know, re- residential homes. Um, so anyway, so that's that's that. We can just let everybody know we can do residential investment property. It still makes sense as long as there's, you know, like I said, maybe five, ten, fifteen, or or more, we can run some numbers on those.
0: Yeah, I would bet almost nobody knows that. I, I mean I maybe, maybe just not the people I've talked to, but the single family, you know, the guys who own single family, I don't think any of them are are thinking cost segregation.
1: Uh, no, I, I agree. I agree. Even like condos down in uh, you know, like Naples and down in Florida, people that own, you know, they should set those up in an LLC. And if they rent those out, let's say six months out of the year. And let's say they bought that condo. I have a friend right now that we're talking to him. You know, he spent, he paid about $600,000 for the condo and they're putting in another $500,000 because they're gutting it um, and they're going to rent it out. Um, that's a perfect candidate for a cost study. Just, you know, as long as it's a residential investment asset. Now, we do a lot of senior living, hotels, we do a ton of multifamily, office, Especially when they're going through renovations um, and I the IRS has something called uh, disposition it's called partial asset disposition so if you buy so you and I partner up read and we go buy a you know $800,000 apartment building and we're going to renovate it and we're going to be removing old assets out of the building there's another there's other tax incentives on the abandoned assets that are being thrown in the dumpster because the IRS still looks like, still looks at it as those assets that are being thrown out still have full value because you're the new owner of the property. So that's when we go in and we do our engineering analysis and we look at the as built, we look at what's being removed. And then, so we do a phase one, essentially, and then, we do, a, and then we, do, we do a phase two on the actual finishes and the renovations where that can now take what's called bonus depreciation, which I'll touch on here in a second. So you can double dip on the tax, all these tax programs when you hire a, a professional engineering firm like Core that really, you know, we're deep in the weeds with understanding the mechanisms of all these new improved tax incentives that have come out over the last five, three to four years. And the big one was just recently that came out on September 27, 2017, which is what we call first year bonus depreciation. You want me to get into that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) I know I'm rattling off this stuff. Um, You can tell I get pretty excited about it still after 14 years. So, bonus depreciation has been, you know, it's been a game changer for the real estate investment industry because now with is if i rewind the conversation in the beginning of our when you asked me what cost seg was and we're breaking we're breaking instead of the the building just appreciating over you know 27 and a half years for multifamily and then 39 years for for regular buildings office commercial industrial what have you those buildings if if you buy a building for a million dollars in the old days right everything in that building everything all the interior exterior everything in that transaction is depreciating over the long term. So, incomes cost irrigation. Now, we're allowed to break all the building components apart in the shorter life, and you get that depreciation. And the big buckets are five years and 15 years. 15 years is for land improvements, and then five years is mainly for the all the interior, such as elect- some specialty uh, uh, lighting, uh, l- some electrical, plumbing, mechanical. Uh, every building type has a little bit of different rules on what we can and what we can't take from a cost segregation. You know, doing it correctly, um, but now with bonus depreciation, you don't have to wait even 15 years, and you don't have to wait even five years. The IRS now allows all the depreciation to be front-loaded into year one, and now you can take all of it in in first year. So now we're seeing, you know, we're writing off let's say a building that costs a million dollars we can write up, up to 40% of the purchase price in year one. So when you have active real estate investors that have taxable incomes, they're making money right through all their, their real estate, they need this additional depreciation. Now, again, if they can't use it, it'll carry forward, but the, they can take all this, this depreciation now. So it's become a real game changer when you're talking to real estate people that they're like, oh my God, I can take all this in year one. The cool thing about depreciation is as you as we create all this depreciation for the owners, they're making money from multiple entities. It's not just one building that you get to take. It's not one for one when you're a real estate investor. The beautiful thing is, let's say you've got income coming and it's flowing through all your LLCs and it's coming to you personally. And then we depreciate or we do a cost segregation study on one of your buildings and we create $400,000, let's say an additional depreciation. And they have a $400,000 tax bill, let's say from, you know, they had a group, they're a, they making money. They can use that to offset as income is flowing through all these other entities. So it's, it, it's, it's pretty huge.
0: So you, you touched on this a little bit. I just want to make sure we covered everything. Um, but when or who would be, who would want to do a cost SIG? So you talked about, uh, an asset over 600,000, uh, yep. you know, we, we talked a little bit about how long you've owned the building, um, and, and maybe some other factors that might come into play. What, what else is there that, uh, would, would make you think that somebody would be a good candidate?
1: It's pretty universal now at this point. I think, uh, it needs to be looked at, uh, per project, yeah. but really anybody. Um, other than the, the two scenarios that I painted earlier, it pretty much makes sense, especially once the building goes into service. So as people are looking to buy a, a property, somebody maybe just closed on a property, it, it, it behooves them to really take a, a look at and see how a cost irrigation study can help them. I mean, it you know, and we, we offer a no cost, um, I know other firms out there offer, you know, a no cost benefit analysis, savings analysis, that you can see it in black and white. It's very accurate, it's very detailed, and it shows it right on the front page. So we provide that service, you know, for anybody, especially in your community. You know, we uh, will run a, we'll do, you know, no cost. We we just will run the numbers, and that shows in black and white to do it or not to do it. And then we always talk to the CPA. We get the CPA involved right away. We make sure everybody's on the same page. So we do that due diligence up front, so there's no there's no issues down the road. Okay, and we, we work through those. You know, some people ask me, well, what if we sell the building? What happens that? Well, it depends on when, how, how you, you know, how long you've held the building, how much depreciation did you take? Um, there's other little things that we do recapture planning. We I can run recapture analysis to actually show because when we're when and I'll, let me just say this and not to get too deep, but we're breaking apart assets out of what we call real property, which is section 1250. And we're literally shifting them into personal property under revenue ruling section 1245, which basically means we're the way we were able to do this legally from the IRS standpoint is we're moving things into personal property and we're able to write that off. But those assets have a declining balance now because we're, we're writing them off over five years. So they don't, they, they don't have much asset values left by the time that three to five year window comes, if you're going to sell the building, therefore more would be pushed into the real property. Therefore, you can mitigate recapture. I don't, I don't want to do, go into an accounting class here, but just understand that there, there are certain things that we look at as a firm to make sure you don't get upside down um, <clears throat> when we get into that scenario. So it's all played out up front. And, and and you you'll have a good grasp about, you know, like people say, hey Terry, I'm never selling this asset. <laughs> they're like, this thing cash flows great. I mean, I'm never getting rid of this thing. Well, you got to do a cost sex study. I mean, they're just and the only way is I get into the bonus depreciation, and and to legitimize your building and your your accounting, you have to get a cost sex study done. To do this correctly. You, you can't just wing it and make stuff up and just grab certain things and put, them in, and, and put them in your depreciation schedules and call it a day. I mean, some PPAs that we've come across actually do that. And they try to save their clients a little bit of money so they don't have to pay our fees to come in and do this particular study. But they, they really, for the amount of cost that we would charge and the amount of additional tax savings that we are going to create, and then we do it, we do it according to the IRS, meaning that if the IRS ever questioned all this additional depreciation, you know, we have all of our T's crossed and our I's dotted and we we stay within all of the IRS parameters. That's why um, you know we we don't have there's no issues down the road. So if the IRS ever came back and 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 someone just tried to kind of wing it. And they're just putting stuff on, and they're writing stuff off on the depreciation schedules. You know, they're taking kind of a low-hanging fruit approach. Uh, the IRS could disallow all of it, so there could be some ramifications if not done correctly. So uh, all I'm saying is that you know, get a cost, get a professional cost irrigation study completed. That way, uh, we give 100% audit defense. So with our fees, everything is already inclusive, and we provide. Our clients 100% audit defense. So if the IRS ever questioned anything on the report, we would we would come and then you know kind of talk about our how we came up with our methodologies and everything is cross-referenced to case law, revenue rulings, mem- memorandums regarding the cost segregation rules that the IRS put out way back you know way back in the day. So and like I said, zero disallowances. Knock <laughs> on wood. After uh, 14 years of uh, uh, of doing this, so. yeah. Yeah, we do it the right way. We don't scam.
0: So when is the best time for somebody to get a hold of you? So if they're buying, is it while they're buying it, while they're underwriting it? Because you had talked about figuring it into the whole plan of a property. Should they wait till they've closed? Or when is the best time to, to reach out?
1: Anytime is good to reach out. Anytime. If you're thinking about buying a building, if you're thinking about constructing a building, if you're thinking about renovating a building. Um, reach out to us. We'd be we'd be happy to run a benefit analysis. That's really where everything starts. Okay, and then you have that you have that you know as a planning tool. You can bring that to your CPA. You can bring that to your investors, and you can actually show them that there's an extra, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, seven hundred thousand dollars in additional tax savings. You know, in the early life of that building, that's huge. That that opens up all kinds of new cash flow for the investors, right? I mean, it, or it's not just the investors either. It could be owner occupied. A lot of people don't know this. You could be a doctor and that you have a building that you operate in Well, you, you you qualify for cost segregation as well. It could be an owner occupied situation, just so, just so you know. But so, you know, any time is good. If you're considering it, we'll run the numbers. We'll walk you through it. We answer your questions, you know, cause it is new people are like, oh my God, it, like people get kind of overwhelmed with this, but really, it's it's not that complicated once you understand a few major things and your CPAs out there um, we work with hundreds and hundreds of, of the, some of the top CPAs out there in the, and, and they love cost aggregation they'll know immediately you know they we're not CP, we're not a, a CPA firm we're a specialty tax and engineering firm but, but we're not a, an actual accounting firm so we partner with CPA firms to onboard their clients to make sure that they're maximizing all of the especially some of the new and improved tax rulings that just came out at the end, end of 17 and, uh, and now 18. So if you are, um, let's see, let's see, we're, we're going into the end of the year. A lot of people right now it's December 5th, 2019. And, and everybody that, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of this stuff now. We're, 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 we're very ramped up and we we're doing tons and tons of, cost eggs right now. So, um, people that we talked to last in the summertime are now reaching out to us. They're like, Oh man, can you get my cost egg study done? You know, we're ready to go. So we're just like buried, but it's awesome. I'm used to this. We've been doing this for so long. Uh, but so we can help with that tax planning right now as we are ramping, we're winding down, you know, 2019. And if you have taxable income, if you have depreciation, I'm sorry, if you have, let me back up. If you have taxable income and you're facing, and you've taken some, Maybe you've taken the normal depreciation. You've taken your deduction, You still a ton of money. You have a building. That's when a cost seg can really come in handy when you're doing your tax planning with your CPA.
0: Awesome. Well, I tell you what, that's been a, a fascinating conversation. Um, so, before we go, let's talk a little bit about you know your company uh, and and how people can contact you if if they want to go and do a cost seg segregation on their own property and.
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, our website is a good place to to kind of check us out. You can get a hold of, uh, you can get a hold of me through our website, which is uh, www.coreadvisors.net. You can find us through coreadvisors.net. Um, or you can just, I mean, you can just shoot me an email directly. And I'd be happy to, I'll respond quickly to you. Um my email is tjudge, so t and then j u d g e, at coreadvisors.net, not com.net. tjudge at coreadvisors.net. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you got cooking. Um, I have a phenomenal team. I have uh, I have some of the best, you know, technical and and and, and engineers on my team. We're very blessed to have. One of my guys has over 19 years of cost irrigation experience, 19 years. So he was, I mean, we call him the, uh, one of the four founders of cost ed, Cause you know, that's kind of when it really started rolling. So anyways, um, that's it. I would say that's uh, yeah.
0: What areas of the country uh, did you say you can
1: do? You said nation, oh, national? Yeah. So okay. we're based in Detroit here. We're, we're here in Detroit. I'm a Detroit I'm a born and <laughs> raised here in Detroit. And uh, we, we're, we're, we're doing projects all over the country. So it's a federal program, and my engineers—we fly them everywhere, and they will physically come out to your building and uh, do their, do the site visit. That's step one of, uh, of our process. So, matter of fact, let me can I close on that? I'll just touch on that real quick. The the so step one is the really the benefit analysis, uh, no cost. You know, we'll we'll show you what that looks like. We show exactly what the, the your cash benefit uh, would be. Step two, we go to. Kind of proposal. We talked to you about okay, this is what it's going to cost, all inclusive. Then we go out to the. Then let's say we kick the project off. Our engineer will actually come out to the building. During that process, we're gathering certain information on the building, such as an appraisal, such as plans, uh, 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 prints, blueprints. If there's been renovations, you know, just basic information on the building. And then um, you know, from there, it takes us about from the site visit three to four weeks to complete the project. Just so you understand the timeline how long these things take. You know, usually we can get these things done in 3 to 4 weeks if we're cranking um on the normal schedule, usually it's about 4 weeks um to get this to get the studies done. Well, that's, that's fantastic. It. We do a wrap up call with your CPA, we go over the numbers, boom, and uh and then we wrap up the the report. Awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: that's a uh, fantastic area. I mean, I I love the content. I'm sure A ton of people are going to benefit from this call. So I appreciate you being on.
1: Well, I appreciate you, Reed. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Every time I talk to you, I I also learn something new um, from all the stuff that you're doing. So I love it, man. So thanks for having me on. appreciate it. Happy holidays. Thank you. you and everybody else. All right. Have a good day.